a key to the kingdom. Not the key or keys, plural, but a key. And um, trying to figure out where I want to jump in here tonight. I came to this conference with a sense that the Lord didn't want me to be overly prepared, but just sort of go with what it was he was saying. And when Dudley was ministering this morning, let's go to Romans 8, please. When Dudley was ministering in the afternoon session, I felt the Lord really speak to me clearly about what we were supposed to do this evening and so I'm going to um, talk to you about a very personal kind of an insight and try to share uh, somewhat um, in a personal way what this thing means to me when I say a key to the kingdom uh, you all know that Jesus said to Peter, I give you the keys, plural, to the kingdom. And what you bind and loose will be yours. And when I was listening to Dudley talk this afternoon, I realized that he didn't really get to use the keys till he graduated from the school of failure. And then the day came when he stood up, Acts 2, when he stood up, put the keys in the lock, turned the thing, the kingdom of God went to the nations. And uh, amazing that God would use him that way. Um, there's a scripture in Luke 11 that says these words, 11.52 if you want to identify the scripture, but the, the, the Lord says, you shut up the kingdom of God. You have removed the key of knowledge and you won't go in yourself and you hinder those who are going. And I've always been fascinated with that key of knowledge, that certain key that keeps people from really moving into the kingdom of God. Now I want to try to talk to you about that key. I believe that key he refers to there is a prophetic key. But the one we're talking about tonight is also a key, and I'll try to give you that. Uh, let me read to you from Romans chapter 8, and I begin to read at verse 18. Now, I just want to read with some feeling. We're men, we're here together, we're trying to find our way into, a, into that place in God's order where God the head of Christ, Christ the head of man, man the head of his wife, his family, and of course he's there in position to a hurting world, not only to his wife and family, but to a whole a world that is hurting, and that's called, we identified last night, the priesthood of the believer. Verse 18, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the anxious longing of the creation waits eagerly for the revealing of the sons of God. 
Verse 20, for the creation was subjected to futility. You mark your Bible. Would you write the word failure there, please? Literal Greek word is failure or frustration. Very interesting thing. The whole creation was subjected to failure, to futility, to frustration, the Greek word. Not of its own will, but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will also be set free from its slavery to corruption. Now that word, we could work with that a little bit, and I want to be always careful. I've really, I've always been very sensitive about accurate translation, but an accurate translation could be unreality. The whole creation will be set free from its unreality, slavery to unreality. How many here know that there's a tendency in us continually to be unreal? And then you have to face the thing to be real, so that the, everything is a propensity to be unreal, all right? Verse 22, for we know, now I want you to circle this word for me, for we know the whole creation groans, circle that word groans, suffers the pain of childbirth together until now. Remember Dudley's explanation of childbirth, please. I loved it, I loved it. Verse 23, and not only this, but we ourselves, having the first fruits of the Spirit, we ourselves groan, circle, groan number two. We groan within ourselves, waiting eagerly, for the adoption uh, as sons, and that's what we touched this morning, that, that spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. It's the redemption of our physical body. Verse 24, for in hope we have been saved, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one also hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see with perseverance, beautiful word, but with perseverance, we wait eagerly for it. Verse 26, and this is where my text works. And in the same way, the Spirit helps our weakness. Now, weakness is in the plural, helps our weaknesses. For we do not know how to pray as we should. Will you say that with me? We do not know how to pray as we should. That's a biblical statement, not Mumford's idea. We do not know how to pray as we should. Now here's an explanation that the Apostle Paul is giving us. For the Spirit himself, or for the Spirit himself intercedes for us with, what's the third one? Groaning, So the earth groans, and we groan, and the Holy Spirit is groaning through us. Very, very powerful uh, uh, unfolding as this apostle shares his heart. And he who searches the hearts, that's always God. God is the one who is called the searcher of hearts in the Old Testament. The searcher of hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he intercedes for the saints. And I wish you'd underline this, please, according to the will of God. Now, I want to make an observation. We do not know how to pray according to the will of God all the time. 
Now I'm connecting verse 26 with verse 27. But we do know that God uses everything, failure, frustration, groaning, all the hassles and problems of life, if we really understand that God is able to cause all of that to work. C.H. Dodd, a, a, a theologian, translated this way, with them that love him, he, he cooperates in all things for good. I like that better. Verse 29, the image, the goal, of course, is the image of the Son of God. Now, what I want to talk to you tonight is identified in, keep your finger in uh, Romans 8, but look over for a moment at Ephesians chapter 6, and, and uh, this is the chapter on warfare. All right? The chapter on warfare, and it's being used right now, and there's a thing going on on warfare, very important. But I want to drop you down to verse uh, 18 and 19, and this is the consummation of the whole thing about warfare. Ephesians 6, 18. With all prayer and petition, pray at all times, and I would like for you to underline this, in the Spirit. In the Spirit. Pray at all times in the Spirit. Now, I don't think it's possible to pray at all times unless we learn how to pray in the Spirit. It is not possible to pray all the time. Now, this is what I want to talk about tonight. What does it mean praying in the Spirit? Well, verse 18, And with this in view, be on the alert with all perseverance and petition for all saints. Verse 19, And pray on my behalf that the utterance may be given me in the opening of my mouth to make known with boldness the mystery of the gospel. Now, let me give you a definition of, of a means of grace. If you're making notes, I'll just give it to you. Uh, a means of grace is that which has power to strengthen us spiritually and impart the nature of Christ. All right, I'll repeat it. A means of grace is that which has uh, the power to strengthen us and inwardly or spiritually impart to us the grace of God or the person of Jesus Christ in our life. Now, I will give you six of these, and then we'll talk about the seventh one. There are many means of grace. The first one is water baptism. Water baptism is a powerful means of grace. It, it's an effective thing. It's not just an outward symbol. It's a powerful encounter when done correctly. Number two is blood and forgiveness. The blood, the forgiveness, the whole cleansing thing. And so the blood is a means of grace whereby we recognize God's forgiveness. Number three, the scripture. The scriptures are the source of grace. We read them, we understand them, we come together and examine them together. Number four, the Lord's table. Um, the older I become in the Lord, the more I covet times to be at the Lord's table. Many of the renewal groups almost did away with the Lord's table because they thought it was tradition or churchy or whatever. But if you haven't been to the Lord's table, I encourage you to get there. Right? All right, number four. Number five is covenant. And I uh, wish I had time to talk to you about this word. Behind covenant, would you write this word? H-E-S-E-D. Hesed. 
the Greek, the Hebrew word hesed. It, it, it's, a, it's almost an untranslatable word, but it has to do with the whole concept of covenant. When Tom was talking about the, the, the young people, he said, we give them a context of unconditional love. That's hesed, that's covenant. That's the nature of God's love. Number six is the body of Christ. That embrace, that being baptized into the body, the brothers and sisters that God has given us. And when the brother meets you on the way and says, come on, Tom, you can make it. You can do it, man. You can do it. And he's imparting to you grace. How many have ever been in a situation where God used a member of the body to strengthen you? See, and I, I get letters all the time that says, I, I, I was going off the end and some tape you got and it's usually some uh, copied tape from somewhere and somehow God uses them, all right? So, so it's, a, it's a, a, a way of doing it. It's the body of Christ is a means of grace. Now, number seven... As a means of grace, this is really sensitive for me, the seventh means of grace is praying in the Spirit. I don't know any other way to get really built up in the Lord. See, now I want to touch some things that's really sensitive and I'm going to try to stay right on track tonight because my brain goes off a thousand ways. Um, I want you to look with me at, I, I don't know whether, I didn't know whether to do this, but I think I should, but let's go look at a successful man, all right? In 2 Corinthians, let's look at a successful man. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7 through 12. Now, I'm just going to read this successful man, and I, I did this this afternoon in my room, and I read all these and did some counting, and I just had to laugh, because what I'm going to say to you, this apostle wrote. Remember now, he wrote, uh, he wrote Romans, he wrote 1 Corinthians, and, and he wrote 2 Corinthians, and he wrote Ephesians. So we're dealing with the same author, same theme, same understanding of what's happening. First, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 7. We have this treasure in a styrofoam cup. <laughs> that the surpassing greatness of the power, now it's the power that we're, we're trying to touch as men, that the greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. Now watch what I'm going to do with this. We are afflicted in every way but not crushed. We are perplexed. That's the normal Christian life. <laughs> we are perplexed, but not despairing. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. Struck down, but not destroyed. Always, underline always, always carrying about in the body, that is in my physical body, the dying of Jesus, that the life of Jesus may be manifested in our body. For we who live are constantly being delivered over to death for Jesus' sake, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal flesh. Verse 12, oh, death works in us. But what? Life in you. He's found his place in the order of God, and life is flowing out from here. 
All right, uh, chapter 6, verse 4. 2 Corinthians, chapter 6, verse 4. But in everything commending ourselves as servants of God, in much endurance, afflictions, hardships, distresses, beatings, imprisonments, tumults, labors, in sleeplessness, in hunger, in purity, in knowledge, patience, kindness, in the Holy Spirit, in genuine love, in the word of truth, in the power of God, by the weapons of righteousness, uh, for the right hand and the left, by the glory and dishonor, by evil report and good report, regarded as deceivers and yet true, uh, unknown yet well known, dying yet behold we live, punished yet not put to death, sorrowful yet always rejoicing, as poor yet making many rich, as has nothing yet possessing all things. Now, I, by my count, there are 28 things there. Six in the first one, 28 in the second one. Chapter 11, verse 21. Chapter 11, verse 21. Now, I, I, I hope God will, will bear witness to what I want to do with this tonight. Chapter 11, verse 21. To my shame, I must say that we have been weak by comparison to these other guys who have been boasting. But in whatever respect anyone else is bold, I speak in foolishness, I am just as bold myself. Are they Hebrews? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they descendants of Abraham? So am I. Were they born in a Baptist hospital? So was I. <laughs> Are they servants of Christ? I speak like I'm insane. I more so, far more labors, far more imprisonments, beaten times without number, often in danger of death. Five times I received from the Jews 39 lashes. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned three times. I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I've spent in the deep. I have been on frequent journeys in dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my countrymen, dangers from Gentiles, dangers in the city, dangers in the wilderness, Dangers on the sea, dangers among false brethren. I have been in labor and hardship through many sleepless nights and hunger and thirst without food, cold, and exposure. Apart from such external things, there is the daily pressure upon me of the concern for all the, all the churches. Who is weak without my being weak? Who is led into sin without my intense concern? For if I have to boast, I will boast of what pertains to my weaknesses. Now what is he saying to us? I will boast of what pertains to my weaknesses. God the Father, the Lord Jesus, who is blessed forever, knows that I am not lying. Besides, there was one other little deal when they let me out of the basket through the window and I escaped. That makes 25. 25 things. Chapter 12, verse 9. And he said to me, say it with me. He said to me, will you underline you, put your name in there or whatever you can do to make it personal. My grace is sufficient for you. You, not anybody else, you. How many here believe God's big enough to sneak up on you? How many of you believe that God is big enough to head you off at the pass? How many believe God's big enough to override your personal failure? How many worships the God of the heaven, not a God of your own creation? 
Now this is very personal, very critical for me. Now when we have here the thorn, that makes 60 things that I have read to you that he conquered. 60 of them. So I said, Lord, show me the successful man. So he took me to 2 Corinthians and I read all this and I thought, man, he is a success. <laughs> not exactly. I would not think about joining his church. Now, will you listen something to me that's important for us as men? Because when I said God turned something in me today, he did something very sensitive. One of the things when you train a fighter, you train for him to punch and give them straight ones. But you also have to train him to take punches. The fighter who can give punches and can't take them will never be a winner. How many seen Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8? <laughs> the whole theme of the Rocky movies are what? His ability to take it. And I, 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 I love fights. My, the one thing my dad did was take me to the fights when I was a kid. And... Um, and uh, so I, I, those movies were very fascinating to me. And, and they would punch on him, and you'd see he's just about down. And then somehow, you know, she calls from the corner, right? And she says, give up, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> they won't give you the honorarium. <laughs> and he staggers off bleeding and all beat up, and he gets up. And finally, he's been able to take it, and he gets into the thing, and eventually he wins. Now, I've been saying, Lord, we're looking for a key to the kingdom. Here's a successful man, and this successful man conquered these 60 things. He also wrote Romans 8 when he said, um, Nothing can separate me from the love of God. So he was trying to say something to us. I was talking to Burl a little while ago. Man, talk about somebody being punched. There's not hardly one of us who haven't gone in the ring and been nearly punched out. See? But the object is, where do we get the strength? Now, listen to, in the fighter analogy, there's a thing called throwing in the towel. Meaning what? Punch, punch, Pew! you hit the deck, and the, the, your trainer knows you're not going to get up. Or you signal him, and you say to your trainer, well, what are you saying to the trainer now? Come on. Throw in the towel. I am not getting up. Now, Benny... I don't know how many times it has been when I was on the canvas, knocked down, but not knocked out. And I thought, who needs this? <laughs> right? Who needs this? They didn't tell me this was the normal Christian life. They told me, get saved, get on this train, and you wind up in heaven. 
I didn't know it went through Vietnam. <laughs> they didn't tell me where the tracks went, man. And then, and that's so all. I, I, I laid on the on the thing, and I, I'm making conscious decision. Am I going to get up again? Nah. Who needs this? And I lay there for a while, and I hear the count: one, two. But one thing about God, he 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 does something differently. He he starts with ten. <laughs> To all his men, he knows you're a conqueror. And he starts with ten. And he said, ten, you're already out. <laughs> Nine, eight, seven, six, one, get up. Then I'll get up. Now, this is called, hear me now, this is called resiliency. Now, I don't know any other Find the means of grace that we need anymore than resiliency. My boys growing up, I bought them both a Popeye. A Popeye was a plastic thing that had sand in the bottom. And you punched that thing. How many of you had one or your kids? Well, that's great, man. Most, a lot of us had. But I, and those kids, they, I was teaching them to box it. And they'd hit this thing and they'd go down and it would come right up again. And, 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 and always the Lord has done crazy things with me with illustrations. And, and I would see this Popeye, and the Lord said, do you see anything? And I said, yeah, but I don't want to see it. I really didn't want to see it because I knew what he was saying to me. He said, if your life is fresh in Christ, you have in you a resiliency to bounce down, be knocked down, bounce up again. And, not, and do it with eagerness. <laughs> now, am I talking to the right guy? Sure, because the eagerness part is what I, I've been working on. I, 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 I run the full count. Every time I get knocked down, I go the full count if I can because I need the rest, all right? <laughs> all right, now what I want to do is try to show you something that is the mystery. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. Now I have done many, many studies in this. I don't by any means try to uh, pull any deals on anyone. I just want to try to give you an understanding of how I understand it. I believe it's exegetically accurate. What I'm saying is exegetically accurate, but I want you to see something. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1. Pursue love, yet desire earnestly. That word is to lust after. Lust after spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Now here's verse 2, an absolute, almost hidden verse. All right? Here he says, for one who speaks in a tongue, this is a very interesting phenomenon. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, but he speaks to whom? To God. Now notice the other thing. Not only he does speaks to God, no one understands him, 
but in his spirit he speaks what? Mysteries. Now, I want, I'm going to fuss with this for a moment. How many recognize that one of the means of grace is like the Old Testament tabernacle? The Old Testament tabernacle in the wilderness was covered with badger skins and goat skins. And as it was covered with badger skins and goat skins, it was nothing outwardly that anybody wanted to see because it looked terrible. Can you imagine the badger skins in that hot desert sun and you're looking at it? It didn't look like anything. But inside was the glory, the Shekinah glory of God. We were singing a moment ago, Jesus Christ had no outward form that we desired him. But inside he was full of the glory and the beauty of God. Now, what I want to say is this. Praying in the Spirit has been covered by, a, by badger skins in the church. And it's weird, and it's off the wall, and people stumble over it, and all kinds of crazy things are taught. And, and, and so what I want to do, if I can, is take you inside and show you something that is the most, that personally, it is one of the most powerful keys as far as maintaining your resiliency and getting up again in God, all right? It, uh, verse 2, he who speaks in a tongue, let's get the, the premise built. He who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men, that's very important, he is speaking to God. And howbeit no one understands him, but in, this, in his spirit he speaks, what's the key word now? Mysteries. Will you remember that? Because I'm going to show it to you in another place in just a few moments. Now, look at verse 4. Now, here we start. The one who speaks in a tongue does what? Will you please underline that or circle it, please? And let me, let me be really, really clear what I'm trying to say. He who prays in an unknown tongue builds himself up. Question, is that selfish? You sure? Can it be selfish? Sure, that's what Paul's addressing. He's addressing a single heartbeat. In other words, you're being built up without what? without giving out. Now, I'll come back to that in just a moment. Now, now listen. Here is, to me, unbelievable uh, a pain as I've watched even the Pentecostal church. Hear me. Most Pentecostals do not understand praying in the Spirit. And I am a Pentecostal. I used to know how to spell it, but now I are one. <laughs> I'm telling you, as, as a 35-year-old Pentecostal in, in, the, in, the, in the thing, most Pentecostals do not understand praying in the Spirit. And I've spent years ministering to them, and I haven't touched this for years. Now, follow with me. In order for me to give anybody else anything, what do I need myself? I need to be what? Build up. Now listen what he said. 
He that prays in an unknown tongue builds, say it with me, builds himself up. That's the resiliency that we're looking for. When you're built up in the spirit, you get hit, you get knocked down, what happens? You bounce right back up. But when you are out of gas, when you are out of life, when you're when you you looking at all this with absolute disgust and you get knocked down, that's when you entertain throwing in the towel, right? It's when you look at the whole thing and say, man, who needs this? Now, as I build myself up, there's a very important phenomenon that's going on. Now, what I'm trying to do is give you the scriptures as they come in sequence, all right? Uh, let's go down to um, uh, let's go down to verse 14. Now this is very clear biblical exegesis. I'm not giving you Pentecostalism. What I'm trying to do is show you something very simple biblical. Verse 14. If I pray in a tongue, underline please, my spirit what? Praise. Second part of that verse says, my understanding is what? Now look, can you look up here for a moment, please? Now this is so critical for you guys, that those of us who want to get on with this thing. I said to the Lord, if you let me pray in tongues, I will never doubt you again. Because I knew that if I could ever touch what was supernatural, I know God's alive, everything's wrong. And this is exactly what happened. I was praying in tongues with my spirit, and my mind was rebelling. My mind was doubting, and my spirit was praying. And I thought, you are going schizophrenic right here on the spot. <laughs> because your mind is not engaged. Your spirit is praying. Come on. Wait a minute. No, no, no. What did he tell? What did, my spirit is praying what? Verse 2. My spirit is praying what? Mysteries. My mind isn't involved. My spirit is praying mysteries. I'm praying to God. My, my, my mind is not in it. And, and this is how I do it. I get in my study and I walk and I pray and I pray in the spirit. Man, sometimes I get 30 miles an hour. <laughs> now don't sit down, don't lay down, don't, don't kneel, walk. And if you walk, your spirit starts going. And when you start praying in the spirit, a really powerful thing starts going on. Because what you're doing is your brain is disengaged and your brain doesn't know how to pray. Second problem. I bought a hose at Kmart. <laughs> how many know the hoses from Kmart are more plastic than hoses from every other place. <laughs> so I hooked it up and, and I, 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 I ordered some stuff, put it in the yard, and I came back out in about an hour. Hot summer day, and I turned this hose on to get a drink. And when I turned it on, it gagged me. That polyurethane taste, 
And so I turned the hose on like this, and I was letting it run. And the Lord said, do you see any illustration? <laughs> and I suddenly realized that many of you have never prayed long enough in the Spirit to get to the living water. I turn it on. I say, uh, come ride my Honda. <laughs> well, probably they were massaging my Adam's apple till I got my mix all talked up. <laughs> so the mind starts rebelling. That's how people throw the whole experience away. Because every time, now how many know that if for 20 years I just turn that hose on a little bit and drink it, it will always be plastic? True? For 20 years. I, I walked down the aisle of a fairly large Pentecostal church and this guy's shaking there trembling under the power of God and I started to lay my hands on him and I said, my brother, all you have to do is pray in the Spirit. He said, you can't pray in tongues unless you have the anointing. I said, what do you think is all over you? <laughs> and he was so hung up, man. And, 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 and here he was. He'd been baptized. And, and, and in, in Pentecostalism, we have this, this, this phrase, uh, you're through. A little prophetic. Little did they know. They pray in a little tongue, just a little tongue. And then they would say, now I have it. You don't have anything. The fruit of it is, come on, what the fruit of it is, I'm praying in the Spirit till I get my spirit, come on, build up, edify. I pray in tongues. I, I, was, I was at a stoplight, sitting in a car, and I was praying in tongues, man, and I was having a time, I was tears, and I was laughing, I was enjoying the Lord, and I felt these eyes on me. <laughs> And I look like this, and here's a state trooper sitting there. And I thought, so I waved to him, you know, tears and snot, you know. And I, and I thought, oh, man. You know, he, he followed me for about three blocks, you know, to see whether I was really drunk, you know. But when I'm alone, I pray in the Spirit. Because... I want to know and understand what does it mean to pray mystery. Now let's go. Verse 18, verse 28. Now this is, I'm just picking these out. Now I'm not doing anything exegetically or playing with the scriptures. I, I would love to have a weekend when we just did 1 Corinthians 12, 13, 14. Wouldn't you? Just love to do that sometime. All right, verse 28. If there's no interpreter, let him go to his little private church. If there's no interpreter, you don't have to stop praying in tongues. What do you do? Come on, what does he tell us to do? What does he tell us to do? Come on. Pray to yourself and to God. Not outwardly, but just to the Lord. When, I, when, when, when they put a moron in the pulpit, you know what I do? I, one time I was sitting there, this guy was preaching, and uh, I was counting how many hallelujahs he was using. 
And uh, when I got to about 215 or 218, I remember, I just folded it all up and I thought, man, I don't want to listen to that anymore. So I just pulled it all in and I started praying to God in my spirit. I have my own church. If that one's weird, I'll have my own. So I started praying to God, privately, praying what? Praying what? Mysteries. Now remember that, because I'm going to come back to that. I'm praying mysteries. I'm not praying to people. That's why it's important for you to get alone. Because the moment you start praying in tongues, the enemy says, you're trying to impress people. You're trying, I know what you're doing. You're just trying to show people. And so the accusations come. So get alone so there's nobody to impress. Don't kneel, you fall asleep. Walk, walk and pray in tongues. And when you start praying in tongues, what happens is you start, all the plastic water starts washing out, then you start to hit it. You say, oh, yeah, now, oh, now, no, I understand, yeah, man. Next thing you do, you run into the wall. I'm telling you, and, and, and my wife said, honey, I know what you're doing. I don't know. I don't think I would have made it without this. I'm telling you, I don't know how other people do it, but I don't know how I was, wouldn't do it. A friend of mine was a doctor, and he, we, we, we shared this together. He's in the hospital. He's walking down the hospital in those rubber shoes, you know, quiet shoes from surgery. All of a sudden, another doctor walks up beside him, and he's praying in tongues, going down the hallway, because he's alone. And this doctor walks up his and says, What is that language you're praying? Oh, he said, That's the language from my hometown. <laughs> doctor said, Oh, it's okay. Oh, language from his hometown. He thought he was from Baghdad, you know. <laughs> It's the language from my hometown. Now, what I'm teaching you tonight, buddy, what I'm teaching you is a means of grace that without it, you, you're only running on four cylinders. If you, you plug in the other two cylinders, you watch, you watch what happens. Because what a main thing that I'm saying is a very important part of resiliency, the ability to rise again through 60 things. You got to graduate from Joseph's school. Right? Rejection and failure and seduction. And we've got to graduate from Joseph's school, man. That was, that was straight stuff. And we want to hear that, all right? Now, I personally must be built up. Now, let's look at another scripture here. I, I, I'm, I'm sorry for I just keep going up here. Now, verse 19. This is the one that everybody stumbles over, all right? Verse 19. However, in the church, I desire to speak five words with my mind so that I may instruct others rather than 10,000 words in the tongue, all right? Now, let me call your attention to the fact that Paul was from Georgia. Verse 18, I thank God I speak with tongues more than you all. 
Now this is what hit me. This is what hit me. In the early days of my experience, I was a Pentecostal. I've always understood something about praying in the Spirit. But I went to an Episcopal seminary. And they challenged, my, they challenged me to the foundation of my being. Whether or not I really believed this was biblical and it was God. And so I really had to sort some things out exegetically. And what I'm sharing with you, I was forced to try to find and understand. Now, here's how I understand it. I believe it's accurate exegesis, but this is how I understand it. In my cellar at home, in my study, I pray 10,000 words. Because I'm going to the men's conference. And I'm doing what? In my private devotion, I speak 10,000 words. So that when I come here and speak five, they are like arrows. <laughs> There's not one of us here that hasn't had an opportunity to speak and the words drip off your chin and fall on the floor. How many have ever given your testimony and forget your own name? <laughs> right? I mean, you, you're going to witness. I, I, this lady on the plane, went, and she was a very wealthy, beautiful dowager. She was really all made up and sitting there. And the plane took off, and I was going to witness to her. And I looked over, and there's beautiful clouds, comatose clouds out there. And I said, oh, aren't they beautiful? My father did that. She turned around, looked at me, and she said, My son paints too. <laughs> and I didn't know what else to say. I just had to rip. I, I, I was totally stumped. I thought, Well, I'm going to drip off. Me. <laughs> Am I communicating? Am I communicating? All right, now watch. Now, what we've done is this. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put some weight, some exegetical and biblical weight on these words from Paul. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than all of you. I just do it properly. I'm telling you where he got the resiliency let me tell you something. Behind five times received I 39 stripes. Do you know where those 39 stripes came from? The synagogue. They would go into the synagogue and he'd preach Jesus and they'd beat him. They didn't give him the 40th one. Why? They considered that to be death. Bringing up to the edge of death. I only need that once. I said, Lord, I don't know where he got that. I don't know where you get 
Where do you get the ability to go four more times? I was in the military. What do we learn in the military? Don't ever volunteer for anything. <laughs> right? Isn't that what we learned? Man, you learned that straight up. First lesson. And then comes the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost said, Who shall I send? Who's going to go for me? And I said, Oh God, help me. He said, Get in your prayer closet, get prayed up. I said, okay. <laughs> what am I doing now? Come on. <laughs> building up. How am I building myself up? Because I'm praying stuff I don't understand. I'm praying stuff that is according to the will of God. I'm praying things that is moving things into heaven and earth. I'm proving things that, that makes principalities and powers move over. I'm praying mysteries. I'm not talking to men. Talking to God, my Father. Father, hear my prayer. If I build myself up and don't minister to others, I've missed it. If I minister to others without being built up, I've missed it. Two heartbeats. You see what I'm after? Two heartbeats. So that either way, the issues are clear. Let's go back to Romans 8. You know what I'm going to do with you tonight, don't you? I'm going to turn your hose on. <laughs> God's going to turn your hose on. What I think we need to do is to worship and pray in the Spirit till we hit the clear water. See? Because we're all nuts anyway. So we're not here to impress anybody. We're not here trying to be fanatics. All we're here for is to try to find out how does this thing build me up? How do I go out of here and go back and face my wife and children and my job and my boss and all the things that I've got waiting for me down the hill? How do I get myself built up in a way that I'm able to, 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 to release the life of God flowing in my person? Not faking it. How many of you know the difference between the life of God and a charismatic smile? <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and you want, I want to throw up. <laughs> See? We're not talking that, man. I'm talking about joy. I'm talking about being built up, man. I, 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 I say, God, as long as I walk on this earth, please don't let me lose my childlikeness. Not childish. Childlike. Right now, after 36 years walking with the Lord, I still believe God can do anything. I mean anything, man. I've seen God do all kinds of stuff, but man, I don't think he even got started yet. I, 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 like, I like Dudley, man. We're on the winning side, man. 
I, I, I like that cowboy song that says, Kick me Jesus through the goalposts of life. <laughs> you know, I mean, let, let's get there. However we're going to get there, let's get there, all right? But I, 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 I'm so dead serious about all this stuff that when I thought about where we are in this conference, I thought, God, the only thing I could really say to them tonight was how this thing affects me. Now, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a prayer. I get in the shower. Every time that I can be alone, I pray in the Spirit. When I'm alone, that's why I like to be alone. I drove over here by myself. There's, I, I, really, others wanted to come, and I should have brought them, but I, I like to get alone. Why do I like to get alone? So I could have some time. Nobody else in the car, and I just pray in the Spirit. Weep, cry, laugh, enjoy the Lord. God speaks all kinds of good stuff to me because I, I, I want to be, what's the word? Build up. That's not selfish. I want to be built up so that when I come here and touch you, I, I want to be you to touch the five words. Huh. All right, now let's go to Romans 8. And I want to quickly connect two things. All right, verse 22, or let's start at verse 18. How many here know that sufferings distort your vision? Whenever you're suffering, you, you see it. I, how many could recognize in a foxhole in the Second World War on Iwo Jima, you thought the world was coming to an end? Now, we can hardly remember Iwo Jima. And I mean, that was a serious time. Many, many good men died, all right? Now, because when we're in suffering, we, everything is distorted and, and the balances go like this. I'm suffering. And the Lord said, yeah, but do you have to understand the glory which shall be revealed? And he throws that on the scale and the thing comes back into perspective. And I, I can't promise you problem-free life. I can't promise you. What I can promise you is if you pray in the Spirit, you can build yourself up. Now, please remember, I'm only speaking of a key, and there are six or seven, maybe many others. So I'm just speaking of one, all right? Baptism and, and, and all the other things we mentioned, all right? Now, let's come. I want to quickly uh, go down here. Verse 22, we groan. Verse 23, uh, I mean, the, earth, the creation groans. Verse 23, we groan. Now let's come down to verse 26. And in the same way, the Spirit also helps, assists our weakness. What is our weakness? Our weakness is, read it with me, we do not know how to pray as we should. That is an unbelievable, clear, biblical statement from the guy who said, I pray in tongues more than you all. This is the guy who came through 60 of those things with triumph. So let's don't minimize his statement. Now, here's what I want to do with you, if I may. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings. What's the next words? Too deep for words. Now, I would like to connect Verse 26 with first 14, uh, chapter, 1 Corinthians 14, 2. I would like to suggest 
that what he's talking about is the mysteries that he was explaining in 14.2. I could read it like this. For the Spirit himself intercedes for us with mysteries too deep for words. There's something that we're praying that is beyond our ability to verbalize. How many believe that the spirit world is a little bit beyond your comprehension? The whole spirit world. Now it goes something like this. I get down to pray and I said, Dear Lord Jesus, would you please change my wife? Is that a good prayer? Lord, you don't understand how recalcitrant and difficult she really is. And then the Holy Spirit comes over me. And as the Holy Spirit comes over me, I pray in tongues. And what I just said was, Lord, it's not her, it's me. I'm the one who needs to be dealt with. You wouldn't pray that in English. <laughs> never, never, never. Not while the world stands. Now, you know what I just taught you is really tough because I just taught you, I just taught you how to pray yourself into some unbelievable fixes. Because when you start play, praying according to the known will of God, man, you're not taking rabbit trails, you're on the freeway. And now you start praying. Things. I said, Lord, I would like to have a million dollars and a barrel of spending money so I don't have to break the million dollars. That's good praying, isn't it? I mean, that's good praying. I've been watching television. Okay. The Holy Spirit comes. It's not money he needs, Lord. This guy needs to be dealt with. I'm, I'm going to make you afraid to pray in tongues. <laughs> he said, who needs that? Well, the reason you get built up is because the mysteries are really sorting out the issues in the heavenly. Many times. Now, I'm, I'm saying something now inside track for the pastors and men that are here in ministry. Many, many times when I go in a hospital... I pray an outward prayer because I don't know how to pray. But while I, my hands are still laid on them, I pray in the Spirit quietly, not to outwardly, not in sound, but I pray in the Spirit. While I have my hands, I pray in the Spirit because I know God's love for that person is more than mine. I think, I said to you the other night, I don't know how all my kids are walking with the Lord. I thought, Lord, that wasn't totally true because I used to go in their bedrooms almost every night when I was home. And they'd be asleep, little sweaty kids in a bed. You can see them, can't you? Their hair all stuck down. I, I'd lay hands on a man. I'd pray in the Spirit. I'd say, God, give her a heart for Jesus. 
Oh, God, put the kingdom in his life. Lord God, put a hunger in his heart. And I pray in the Spirit, man. I pray in the Spirit for these kids. Not long, just till the Holy Spirit, till I knew there was a sense. God heard my prayer. And then I touched something that was a mystery. And as each one of them come up to a certain place, they've all given their life to Jesus. They're all serving God, too, in the ministry. And I thought, Lord... Help us to see under the badger skin. This is not Pentecostalism. This is the normal Christian experience. This God gave this for all the Presbyterians. Gave it for every Baptist, every Catholic, every person that knows Jesus, everyone. This is the normal, the normal Christian experience. And we made a denomination out of it. Then we made a movement out of it. Aren't you glad that God baptized Catholics in the Holy Spirit without our permission? <laughs> he just did it. <laughs> now, let me show you something. Verse 28 and 29 makes sense now. Because when you're praying in the Spirit, God starts moving heaven's furniture around. One time the lightning and the thunder rolled really heavy over our house. My daughter Karen, who's Michael's wife, she looked at me and she said, what is that, Dad? I said, that's just God moving his piano. <laughs> but when you're praying in the Spirit, God starts moving heaven's furniture around. Now listen to me. I don't know how to say it any straighter. There's a book called Don't Waste Your Sorrows. What's his name? Billheimer. Billheimer. It's just a little paperback. And get it, read it. Hear me, please. My brother, my dear brothers, don't waste your sorrows. Sometimes we go through deep things and we don't learn anything. Don't waste your pain. Don't waste the school. How many here know that it's possible to go through school and learn nothing? I, know, I was a teacher for many years, and I know it's possible to get my thoughts on their paper without it going through their head. They had no idea what I was saying. They just copied the notes like a, like a mimeograph machine. Now listen, don't waste your sorrow. Don't waste your life. If you're in financial difficulty tonight, you're in financial difficulty, what do you think I recommend? Come on. Get, your, get, get away somewhere. Get your little cabin out in the woods. Get, get your basement somewhere. Get you somewhere where nobody can hear you. And then you've got to start walking and you've got to start praying. And when you start praying, I'll tell you what happens. A war spirit comes up in you. See, a thing comes up in you, wants to fight. And you start battling things over your business. Uh, there's all kinds of demonic things and principalities and stuff going on in your finances. Is it possible to be attacked in your finances? Sure it is. So you get in there and you start walking and you start praying and, and you keep praying till the plastic water goes. 
Then all of a sudden you start touching God. And when you start touching God, the Holy Spirit starts praying through you. That's what moves heaven and earth. Then all of a sudden you see your finances turn. And when they turn, you'll know why it turns. If nobody else knows, you'll know why. One last scripture, 1 Corinthians 14. Will you come to the piano, brother, please? Verse 15. Verse 15. 1 Corinthians 14, 15. I, I don't know how to be more biblical than I've been to you tonight. Man, I, I, I've not one time that I haven't absolutely given you straight biblical exegesis. What is the outcome, brethren? The balanced Christian life is described in verse 15. I shall pray with the Spirit, and I shall pray with my mind. God bless grandmother, God bless grandfather. Now I lay me down to sleep with a bag of peanuts at my feet. <laughs> if I die before I wake, give them to my brother Jake. <laughs> I'm praying with my what? With my mind. I'm praying with my mind. <laughs> I like to, what's that Dennis the Menace? At one time in the cartoon, he, he put his knee, he, he knelt down beside his bed and he said, Lord, see the prayer, and then he went to bed. Because he had a prayer on the wall. My, my brother-in-law figured all this out. He brought all of his groceries home and put them on the kitchen table and prayed over them once. Is that good? That's good theology, man. Put all the bags there and say, Lord, I thank you for this week's groceries. Amen. <laughs> now, what, what is it? What is the balance like? The balance life is, I will pray, listen, I will pray with my mind and I will pray with my spirit. I will sing with my mind and I will sing with my spirit what it says right here. Is that what it says? Is that what it says? Sure it does. Now that's what we're going to do right now while we're still seated. Put your Bibles away. Put your Bibles away. What we're going to do, very simply, this is so exciting to me, man. I, listen, I, what I'm about to do is light your tail and send you through the barley field. <laughs> I'm telling you, that literally works. I mean, you just go in there and say, what's the matter with you? I say, well, hallelujah, you know. Man. But what's going on is, it's not faked, and it's not put on. Amen. You are truly, honestly, what? Build us. You know where you got it? You got it from the blood, from forgiveness, from the Lord's table. You got it from the word. You got it from the body of Christ. But you got it where? Praying in the Spirit. Now what we're going to do is sing very softly Amazing Grace. The second verse, we're going to sing in tongues. It's not complicated. If you're here and this threatens you, get in. <laughs> get off all that. Just get in.
I'll show you how it works. If you're a Christian, you're already baptized in the Holy Spirit. It's just a matter of getting it on. If you really know the Lord, very simple thing. Now, we're going to move into some ministry tonight. Because I, if I had my way, nobody would go out that door that didn't get their plastic hose unfurled. Amen. Nobody. Amen. Amen. Now, that's not possible, but that's my heart. See, that you wouldn't go out of here till you learned how to pray in the Spirit with a freedom. See? In my experience, I've had the Lord deepen my tongue three, maybe four times. Started with one tongue, and I've gone more deeply all the while. A new kind of a new tongue that, that satisfies me in a way the other ones didn't. I don't know what that means theologically. I'm just telling you my experience. But it's true. Now, let's sing it quietly. We're going to worship, Lord. Just if you want to close your eyes, whatever. Just, let's just, we're going to, we know the word, so we don't have to strain for it. But let's just sing it quietly to the Lord. This was, a, this was John Newton, who was a slave trader. He could speak, he could curse 15 minutes, never use the same word twice. And one day, in a storm, the ship was about to sink. He looked up and he said to the, to the crew, while he cursed, he's cursing these guys as they climbed the rigging, and he said, if we ever see land again, it'll only be by the grace of God. And when he did, the Holy Spirit struck him in his spirit. From that moment, he started searching out salvation, gave his life to Christ, became a powerful man. God used powerfully. Amazing grace, how sweet the that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. Was blind, but now, for those of you who know how, we're going to sing it, same melody, we're just going to sing it in tongue. <laughs> stand together in God's presence for a moment. Praise God. 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 
there simply, there quietly. We're not after noise. We're not even after emotions. What we're after tonight is a very simple thing. Turn that nozzle on and just let your spirit pray to God. You're not praying to people. You're not trying to impress anyone. You're just praying to God. And as you pray to God, you're just, you're just worshiping Him. What you'll find very simply, what I'm teaching you tonight will enhance your prayer life in a way you can't even imagine if you'll do what I'm telling you. See? Now again, it has to do with practice. It has to do with allowing the Lord to use you that way. Now what I want to do very quietly, brother, just continue to play for us gently. We're not singing now. Let's just pray in the spirit a little bit. Can we do that? Lord, give your people resiliency. Give them that ability to bounce back, O oh Lord. Give us that life. Let that life flow through your body, O oh God. Glory to God, we worship you tonight, Lord Jesus. We worship you. Glory to God. Now let's let's do something right now. All right, let's do right now. Let's shift into English and let's just worship the Lord with our understanding. All right, come on. Right, well, I go in tongues again. All right. Lord Jesus, we, we worship you tonight. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the blood. Thank you, we thank Jesus, you for the for means of grace. We thank you that you're a resurrected Christ. We thank, thank you, you that you're a living you God tonight. We thank you for your love. We thank you for releasing these men Praise into a brand new place Hallelujah. in the Holy Ghost. Thank you, Father. We thank you, we Lord, for your you, love Lord. and your Hallelujah. We thank you, Father, oh, for your thank grace. You, Jesus. Lord Jesus, let no one go out oh, of here tonight thank you, God. Without, without a new encounter with the Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, Jesus Christ, Son of God, Son of the living God. Thank you, Father, for being here. We love you, God. By your grace, Lord, and in your Praise mighty name. You, Jesus. Thank you, God. We just lift you up, God. Let me try something now, very gently. If you're here and you're having a struggle just letting yourself released in the Lord, would you let the body minister to you first? Would you, would you have the courage? First night I said to you, was last night, wasn't it? I said, don't hide in the crowd. One of the things that's so easy to do, and there's several hundred men, you hide in the crowd. Don't do that. Could you identify yourself and say, Bob, I, I want to pray in the Spirit, but, but that's really a 
it's difficult for me. Could, could I see your hand? Don't, don't be bashful. You know, brothers, you, you, there's people around you here right now, and, and I, I want us to minister to them. Could you do that? Just, let's just minister to them. Well, we're going to spend some time. Now, now's the time for us to be able to pray 10,000 words. We're able to minister to our brothers because we are built up. It's not a denominational experience. We're not trying to get you to join anything. All we're trying to do is break open a means of grace that the Lord would allow it to flow through you. Now, the brothers put their hands up. Do you know, you know where they are? Would you just move among them? If you need to move a little bit, let's just pray for them. And we'll, we'll sing and worship in the Spirit as we minister to them right here. Would you pray for them, brothers? Just minister to them right there. Let them be ministered to in the name of Jesus. And all that oh, means yes, is yes. a very simple release in the Holy Ghost. And the ability to worship the Lord in a new language. The ability to worship the Lord in a new language. Hallelujah. It belongs to you. It's your gift in Jesus Christ. We worship you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. Out of your belly shall rivers of living water. Out of your belly shall we worship Lord, we worship you. We 